Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bare Minimum Babe. My name is Amanda Cunningham, and I help women business owners create marketing and business strategies they can actually do and feel excited about. Hi, confidence. Today's episode is about how it is so, so very easy to be sucked into the idea that if you want to, to build a business or create a masterpiece, write a novel, like literally anything that you have to kind of do something outside the norm, that you need to immediately go all in to pursue it. Like burn all your bridges, like quit the job, like no going back, whatever, make it work, do or die with the intention that you have to make it work because there is no going back. So you have to make it work. So you get creative and you push through things and perseverance and grit and blah, blah, blah. And there's so many romanticized like versions of the story of like Elon Musk, for example, like sleeping under his desk and like eating ramen every day and like just so many things, sleeping out of your car. Like there's so many things that are just super romanticized and they're not actually talking about the hardships of when you actually do that, when you make the jump and in your mind, you say you're not going back. And so I wanted to talk about that today in this episode because it's so... <laughs> is what I was thinking about because I actually, this while it's the week I'm recording this, I just started a nine to five marketing job and I actually feel really, really good about it. I feel much more chill than I have in the past two years, less stress. I feel more comfortable with like my future, like all the things. And this might be different, obviously for different people, but I feel so much happier just knowing that I have that safety net that I can not be concerned that I like scrimping corners to like not take my daughter to gymnastics or take her to a summer camp that she wants to go to. Or if I want to buy like a new pair of leggings off of Amazon for the gym that I feel like guilty that I spent $25 that I didn't actually need to spend or like checking the menu for like price first and then going on what I can quote unquote afford and then go from those options versus they're not even really that expensive. Why do I feel so anxious all the time? So I'm going to go into that in this episode about how I I think you should keep your day job until it hits a certain profit point. But before I get into that in the episode today, I wanted to also quickly talk about the workbook that I created. It is called Kill the Hustle, You're Marketing Your Business All Wrong. And I created this because I had a ton of marketing consulting calls with some really awesome women. And I found some common themes and I realized that talking to them and going through their business and their marketing strategies, that the biggest problems and the biggest issues was typically like 99% of the time that they didn't really have a clear, unique selling point with like USB. And their must, their messaging was super muddled and unclear because of that, because they were super iffy on what the, what was unique about them and what was unique about their service or their product. And because of that, their messaging was super unclear and just kind of all over the place. And they had way too many offers and their offers were like weirdly priced and all the things. So I created this workbook. It's an 18 page workbook and it's a strategy guide on how to lean into your unique you selling point, align your strengths with your marketing strategy and cut out the time and energy suck activities that you can actually feel confident about and excited about when you're marketing your business. Because I think the thing that people find icky and obnoxious about marketing is that they feel like they have to do all these tactics that they don't want to like post on TikTok like 20 times a day and create all these things. And it doesn't actually play to their strengths and they hate doing it. And so when they go to do the marketing, they hate every single second of it. And it you, you can tell because it's not aligned with their strengths. And so instead of strong arming ourselves into our weaknesses or where we don't necessarily align, this workbook will help you get a better, excuse me, better picture 
of what your strengths are and how you can lean into that in your marketing of your business. So if you want to grab that workbook, I highly suggest that you do. I'm very proud of it. I think it's very helpful and I've gotten really good feedback from it so far. And so that is in the episode show notes and it's called Kill the Hustle Workbook. And it's also on my website, bareminimumbabe.com. Again, check the episode show note is there. I want you to grab a copy and I think it'll help you. So without further ado, let's get into the episode today. So like I said in the intro, I quit my job two years ago, my last marketing job. I quit my job two years ago and I've been trying to be a full-time musician the last two years. And when I say try, I technically was, but it wasn't because I was like supporting myself with my money. Like I was making money for sure, but it was not nearly what I was making. And we really only kept what we had and like were able to keep living the life we were living because my husband has a full-time job and nothing changed for him. And so we just kind of budgeted differently. And I also saved a bunch of money before I quit. So I would have that runway and less stress, but it was not stressless, I guess is a word. I don't know if that's a word. It was not stressless. (laughs) So I quit my job two years ago and I'm just going to quickly go into the story of it because I think it's relevant, I guess, looking back now, two years later to understand that it was a lot more going on than I wanted to, than me just wanting to pursue something. There was a lot more going on now that I have kind of like 2020 hindsight there was more going on. So two years ago, I didn't really like my job. It was very isolating. Um, just in general, my position, it was very isolating and it was during COVID like COVID hit during like my second year there and doing the job. And I read, you know, COVID school or COVID was rough for everybody. Right. And I was hybrid schooling a third grader, which was awful. And so cue all those things. If you were there, and you had a child during COVID and you were trying to hybrid school them and had a full-time job, like, you know what it was. It was awful. Everyone was losing. It was not good. She basically wasted like two years of education, whatever. So in addition to that, I was also trying to pursue music and I got sucked into the mindset that I wanted to make it and had to go all in because like I said in the intro, there are so many stories of this needing to be the case. And like at the time, like, cause I was in music, right? So I was like Lizzo, she was like homeless in her car and she was doing it and she was like hustling for eight years. And now she's got like all these big songs. And then Jay-Z of course was like slinging, like, like selling CDs out of his car and blah, 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 like all the things making it work. So I got sucked into the mindset along with all the other hustle gurus and stuff, all those people saying burn the boat. And if you don't know what the burn the boat means or like burn the ship, um, there's a story that, um, Cortez, when he arrived is what is today Mexico. when like, you know, the uh, European settlers were coming into the new lands, um, which is Mexico. His soldiers didn't want to fight the, um, I guess the inhabitants, like the natives and they were tired and they didn't want to do it. They wanted to go home. Cortez wanted to conquer the land and didn't want that obviously. So to motivate his men, he burned the ships. Like he eliminated the way that they could get back home. There was no other way for these men to survive now other than to conquer this land. Because if they did not conquer this land, AKA like kill the natives and slave them, that type of thing, they were going to die themselves. They had no other choice. And so people are, the hustle gurus are like, burn the ships. Don't give yourself an out. Like that's the way you have to do. Go haul, like boss the wall, go hard. Right. So I got sucked into that too, because it's all the stories, right? And there's so many other stories that are beyond music too, with like Elon Musk of like sleeping in her desk and like eating ramen, like I said in the intro. So anyways, I got sucked into that. And again, 2020 hindsight, I was also not doing that well mentally because of COVID and just my general bipolar issues. And I want to say, I don't regret quitting the last two years, not being full-time two years, because I did see that it was 
not for me quicker than had I not gone all in and kind of like slowly had this idealized version of what my life could be like if I had gone all in. So I don't necessarily regret it, but I don't recommend it either. So when I quit my job, like I said, I saved up and had an idea of how much money I wanted to save before I quit. And I did do that. And I had, I had the money, blah, 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 but it wasn't obviously like two years worth of my, my income. It was a different amount. I forget the exact amount, but anyways, we had saved that and we had talked about it. We had a whole conversation, lots of conversations about it and I did it, but it was with having other money coming in as well. Like I'd never actually quit marketing. I had like freelancer gigs as well. Like I was on retainer for a company and kind of did graphics here and there. Like I never like fully quit. I definitely, I quit my full-time job, right? The safety of that. But I had little bits of money coming in here or there. But my main goal was to make money through the thing I was pursuing, which was music. And in order to do that, because I felt like that wasn't again, because it's pushed down our throats that in order to like be legit, that that's where you have to have all your money coming from is like the thing that you're trying to do. I took on jobs that I hated related to music that I hated doing that didn't fit with my personality, didn't really work with my schedule. I just, they weren't me. And I was trying to force myself to like them and look on the bright side all the time to convince myself. And I think I've talked about this in other episodes as well, where like, I kept trying to like mindset force myself into thinking like, you like, this is what you want to do. But I didn't like a lot of the aspects of what I was doing with my making money in music. Like I didn't want to do certain demo vocals and I didn't want to do like cover gigs. Like we're at like started at like nine 30 at night and I wouldn't get home until like three o'clock in the morning on Friday and Saturday night. And so Sunday I was like dead most of the day. Like I just didn't want to do those things, but I was doing those very consistently because I had to make money or else I was stressed because I didn't have enough income with just my husband to like spend it on the things that would potentially help my career. So I was like in this catch 22 where like, all the money I had, I was reinvesting into music and making it like taking trips to Nashville and blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't enough to actually make me feel safe. There was like always like a low level of money anxiety and like checking prices and like, is this really what I need to do? Or can I maybe wait a month to purchase this and blah, blah, blah. And like, I already grew up poor. So I already had this mindset in mind, but it was made worse because I had forced myself into not poverty. I don't want to be dramatic here, but I had forced myself into being uber conscious about that once again, about money once again and doing that. So I had to take jobs that I didn't want. And I, at a certain point, like a year and a half in, I started to just say, screw it. I want to make money without needing to basically feel like I'm begging people because at least with, you know, my industry with music, you, it's like begging energy. Like when you hit up a venue, you have to be like, Hey, I'd love to play sometime do you have any bookings available? Like that kind of thing. And then they just kind of offer you budget ideas and everyone's different, right? Like, it's not like if you just apply to Starbucks, it's like 14 bucks an hour anywhere you go or whatever it is, right? Everyone had a different rate. And so you either took that rate basically, or you didn't, you know? And so it was all over the place. And so anything that they gave, you were just like, it felt very like, thank you. Thank you for giving me a chance. Like it was very begging. And I just felt tired of the begging energy. So I was like, screw this a year and a half into it. I'm like, okay, I'm going to put myself up on freelancer sites as a marketer because I didn't, I don't need to convince them that they need me. Like they're already there trying to hire me to create email campaigns. They know they want help to create email campaigns or to set up automations or like whatever, right? They already know that they need me. And so I don't have to convince them that what I'm doing is helpful, that they need what I want or that I, they need what I have. So I started doing that. 
And then I started doing consistent work with that, but it was like below the rate that I would have gotten at my nine to five. And it was more hustle. Like I had to constantly like apply for like these, like I was on Upwork and you have to apply and like send proposals for these job positions. And so I realized like I was doing more hustle work to make less money to get quote unquote stable money than I would have just going back to like a nine to five. And so none of them was working. And I realized this pretty quickly. I was like, oh, this is consistent, but this also seems really stupid. Not as stupid as what I was doing financially, but it still isn't wise. Like why would you hustle to do work that you're not in love with anyways for like these one-off jobs of just like execution work essentially versus just going to a nine to five where you're actually just part of the strategy. You don't have to execute the strategy. You're part of the strategy. And then you can be like, no, this is not a good idea versus like the freelancer. You just kind of have to execute on the idea, even though like, I'm like, this is kind of a dumb idea, but sure. I'll execute on it. Like, no, I'll just get a job where I can be part of the strategy so I can maybe stop them from doing things that might not make sense. So anyways, I started a nine to five this week and I feel so much happier and less stressed. And like, I got like a new monitor set up because, you know, I'm working from home and I'm like, Oh, this is lovely. I actually enjoy coming into my office space again. Like I don't feel as stressed because before my office space just felt so stressful because anytime I came in here, I felt stressed that I had to hustle to make some form of money. And I get that is what the point of is like burning your ship and blah, blah, blah. But some people don't have the lifestyle for that. Like I have mental health issues and I have a daughter and I have a husband and like things are, I, I'm not living alone. And like, if maybe if I were living alone in like 10 years younger with different priorities, I would have felt differently about those last two years. And again, I am, I'm not unhappy or regretful that I quit and went all in because I did realize quicker that I didn't actually want to do the thing I had thought I wanted to do. I just kind of idealized it in my head as kind of like an escape from what it, what I was currently doing and what my, what I thought my life currently was. And now that I've have that and I'm like, Oh, 2020, I think I was just using it as like an idealized version of like, what if, and I don't actually like it. It doesn't actually fit me. I think what I actually like are other things. And I actually do like marketing. I like helping people in that way. I like strategy. I like thinking through things creatively, blah, blah, blah. So that's why I started bare minimum babe. But before, before I got the nine to back to the nine to five, and when I was trying to make money on my actual side thing that I created into a full-time thing, I was taking jobs to make money doing things I hated that took my time, did not give me the same energy output that did not give me the same money return that my nine to five did. So it was a actually really bad exchange. I gave up like stability and all those things in order to like basically control my schedule and go all in, but the all in wasn't working for me. So I just want you to keep in mind that you might have to take jobs that you don't want and it might actually be worse than have you just kept your nine to five and just worked on it on the side. To combat the idealized version of like entrepreneurs eating under their desk and sleeping under their desk because they have to like finish out the code or like sell that last shipment of whatever. I came across research of a 2013 study that suggested that entrepreneurs may be best served by easing into the process of going full time into that, that thing that they're creating. And this was uh, published in the Academy of Management Journal. It tracked a representative group of about 5,000 American entrepreneurs over 14 years. Researchers found that those who kept their day job while starting a company were 33% less likely to fail 
than the ones who went all in. And the researchers also conducted personality surveys, which found that those who did quit their day jobs tended to be uh, risk takers with spades of confidence, whereas those who kept their day jobs were far more risk averse and unsure of themselves. And so they were more likely to be more planning and to question things and all those types of stuff. So while the cautious and conservative traits might not like align with the commonly held belief of like what you have to do to succeed as an entrepreneur to go all in, it does align with stories that I found of some like huge people in business today that, that worked on their side thing as they worked full time. So a couple examples, just because I found these and I was like, whoa, no one ever really talks about these. They're always just talking about like the freaking Steve jobs going all in and blah, blah, blah. So you might, I don't know if you know his name. I just, you know, his company, if you don't know his name, Phil Knight for six years, he worked two jobs. He worked at he worked as a CPA for Price Waterhouse by night in an entrepreneur, like selling running shoes and building a company that would eventually become Nike, which is worth 25 billion. So he worked two jobs. He was a certified public accountant. And then by night he was selling shoes for six years. And then Sarah Blakely, She's the founder of Spanx. She's the youngest self-made billionaire. She sold fax machines door to door for seven years. She was rejected by every manufacturing company that she took the idea to. And she kept selling fax machines for seven years. That was her full-time job, which sounds awful. Um, John Legend, because it's music, I, like I thought it was interesting. He released his debut album in 2000, but he continued to work as a management consultant until 2002. So even two years later, he was still working his full-time job because he wasn't sure and he wanted to see it pay off. Uh, like, okay, Apple, Steve Wozniak. He's not like the big name, like you might know with Steve Jobs, but he's huge, make a bank. He worked with HP for years and he offered his original design for Apple for like five separate times. They rejected every single time. He still kept the job and then worked on Apple, the Apple computer on the side. Obviously it worked out for him, but he had a full-time job. Last example, the maker of Minecraft, he sold it to Microsoft in 2014 for $2.5 billion. He was working on video games in his spare time. Like he kept his day job for an entire year after Minecraft was released. He still kept his day job and he created Minecraft while he had his job. He didn't quit and then start dedicating all his days to Minecraft. He worked it around his job. And so that's what I want to bring up in this right now is that as me as well. I'm not going to compare myself to like John Legend or Steve Wozniak right now, but it, now that I have my full-time job back, I don't feel as stressed about my resources. So I feel less pressure to make money from the side hustle. Like Minecraft, for example, like if he had felt pressure to make money from it, he might've, he would have made drastically different decisions for the game, for creating the game, all those things. But he didn't because he already had his job. So he could focus on making a good product, providing something that he want, like what he wanted to do, right? So you feel less pressure to make the money from your side hustle. I literally started hating music just generally. Like I would turn off songs that I used to love because I was playing, I was singing them a hundred times for gigs and I was starting to hate it. And it was so sad for me. And I, even my like friend was like, that's kind of sad. And I was like, yeah, I guess it is. And I hadn't really thought about it that I used to love Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. I, that was my favorite song. And I would request it every wedding, every whatever. And then it would come on the radio randomly and I would instantly change the channel. And I was like, oh, that's kind of sad, huh? And I was squeezing any penny that I could 
trying to make music a thing, no matter if I liked it or not, right? Like I said, even though it didn't fit my work style or my personality and blah, blah, blah. And so I don't have that anymore. Like, you know, Sarah Blakely, she didn't have that squeeze to make money off of Spanx just yet. She could focus on what she wanted it to be, what problems she wanted it to solve for women. She didn't have to worry about the money just yet because she was building it on the side. Like, obviously she wanted it to be a thing, but she didn't have to make money from that thing just yet. So she wasn't like stressed and unhappy forcing Spanx to be a thing that it wasn't, to do things in a way that she didn't want to do. So I want to focus on that. And then also with the time, if you have a full-time job, like you will have 40 plus ish hours, less a week that you'll be able to work on it. Right. But just because you're working on it 40 hours less, doesn't mean that you're actually like productive in those 40 hours. Right. You know, it's, I forget the rule, but like whatever time you give yourself to finish a task, it'll take that long. Like if you leave the laundry out and say, I just got to finish it by the end of the week, you'll give yourself to the end of the week. But if you say, I only have 20 minutes to fold this pile of laundry because like, I don't know, a guy's coming over after a date, you fold the freaking laundry like the quickest you've ever folded in your life. So it's not the task that takes a long time. It's like you building up and like, you know, allotting the time and blah, blah, blah. So just because you have more time didn't, wouldn't mean that you would work on it in a productive way. Like you might just be adding busy work, like, like you would a nine to five, like the equivalent of being in meetings that you didn't need to be in. You could be answering emails that you don't need to be answering right now because it's the same thing. Right. And then for me as an example, like after anticipating, like I told them I could start, I said I could start in two weeks, which means from the job acceptance phone call, I had a little over two weeks to see what I could cut. Like I knew I would have at least 40 hours less each week. So like, what were I, what was I doing in those 40 ish hours, whatever that was not efficient. What did I actually need to keep? What was actually important to keep? What could I cut? What was happening? How could it be more efficient? What was like giving me ROI in every capacity, right? And it forced me to be more serious about my time. And I did a time audit and I realized, I talked about this in other episodes, last episode, I think, that I was spending, for example, two hours writing out the show notes for this, for, you know, my podcast, and then condensing that down into a blog post to make it coherent and then creating a show description, blah, blah, blah. And then recording it, all those things, all that was taking at least five hours. And I talked about this in the episode before and the episode before that, but like even also like filming videos, recording it, editing the videos, posting it. I was spending an inordinate amount of time on those types of things with not that much ROI. And when all is said and done for about those three minutes or three months that I was kind of looking at it and doing it, I only had a couple, you know, clicks on Medium and Substack and all those little other little postings I was doing. Did that make sense? Like, Sure, I could keep trying because it's like a long-term strategy, right? But, and I had the time, I did, I previously did, but not anymore. I wasn't going to have that time in two weeks. So I needed to be more practical and efficient. You know, I needed to focus on the things that I could move, that could move the needle in the smaller amount of time that I have. So if I have like 40 minutes in the morning before, like when, when the time I get home from the gym to the time I need to like take a shower and do my daughter, like stuff with my daughter, I have 40 minutes. So what do I want to do those 40 minutes? And maybe I have like a half hour at lunch to like answer emails, you know, and I'm already like on break. And then after, you know, dinner and my daughter is in bed, now I have that time. And like, I'm going to have to work on Saturdays. And I didn't used to do that if I didn't have a music gig, you know, like I used to have the club gigs, I would have to do that. But during the day, I wouldn't do that. I would never really work on weeknights after dinner again, if I didn't have a gig previously. And I now need to record episodes 
on weeknights. Like I am doing this like Monday at nine o'clock because that's when I did it. And I have to do it on weekends. Like I'm having guests on and it sucks that I, <laughs> that I've just started to take guests and it's when I like, you know, starting the full-time job. So now I don't have any weekday hours really to offer them. It's after dinner for me and then on weekends, which I feel bad about, but that's what I can do. And that's what a lot of people are doing. If they have a full-time job, then that's the time that they're going to have to work, work on stuff. You know, like I can't just stop 2 PM on a Tuesday, you know, like I used to, I can't record 2 PM on a Tuesday afternoon, an episode for like two hours to make sure I like it. Right. And that's something I'm working on too now is that because I don't have the time or I I can't really carve the time out and I want to spend it on other things. One of the things that I'm cutting is spending more time prepping the notes for the show. And that means I think I ramble a little bit more than I'd like to, but I'm going to get better with practice and I just need to figure out how to make notes in a more efficient way. And I'm working on that now, but it means that things are going to have to get cut and I just need to be more, more conscious of the things that I actually want to do in the ways in which that will move the needle. Right. And so when you have a day job, you get more efficient on how you want to spend your time because you have to add a necessity. It's the same thing with like Cortez burning the ship. You only have 40 minutes to do a task. What is the most important task? Number one. Number two is what can you get done as quickly as possible in those 40 minutes? No, like setting things up for 10 minutes, prepping yourself for like seven minutes and kind of like you know, playing around for another 10 minutes. And before you know it, like 35 minutes has gone by. No, like no, for real, you have 40 minutes to do this or it's not going to get done today. Like I have to record this episode or it will not get done before it needs to go live on Tuesday. And then I missed it because I'm not going to be up until three in the morning doing it. Like I have to do it at this time or it will not get done. Right. So thinking about that as well, like you have less time, but you can be more concerted with your time and not everyone thrives in that, right? They don't, but I think it helps you prioritize what you actually need to do, you know, like, and then give less, like try more things and get rid of them more quickly. Like you don't take as long to realize it's not working because you're like, okay, this has been like a month now. I'm not saying anything. I'm spending like three hours on this a week. I, I can't do this anymore. And then you move to the next thing, right? So you're not doing the spray and pray method anymore of just trying all the things at once, but like a million different times. And like, no, if it's not working, you just cut, right? You don't have the time. You don't have the energy. You don't have the resources to do it. You've got to cut it. I wanted to also say that if you're not making money and you don't want to take bigger action on a vision or creation, whatever, then it's probably just a hobby and that's okay too, right? Like that was the thing with like music for me is like, I started playing guitar, not because I wanted to start playing guitar, but because I was like, oh, if I start playing guitar, then I can get acoustic gigs, then I can make money and not have to split it with anyone. Right. And that's not a bad reason necessarily. And it's a great skill to have, obviously, if you're trying to be a singer songwriter and all your skill is singing. And nowadays you kind of need to be a whole thing like singer, songwriter, musician, like all the things I'm saying this because I was literally learning certain tasks because of the possibility of making money, not because I was trying to solve something, not because I really enjoyed it, whatever. And so I was like, I'm never going to be that great of a guitar player because I don't really love playing the guitar. And so for me to sit there and like get lost in time on like a chord progression or whatever, it's not going to happen. It never happened. 
Right. And like, so I'll never be as good at like, I don't know, some, some kid that starts playing when he's like 13 and has been playing for like 20 years and knows like every riff and like can play things by ear because he loves playing it. Right. That's completely different. And so it doesn't have to make you money. It can just be a hobby. Right. And so I I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is like, it's okay to have hobbies. And I think that's part of the issue today with the hustle culture is that everything that you enjoy there's a way to monetize it. Like if you like knitting, someone says like, oh, you're really good at it. You should sell those. And you're like, maybe I should sell them. So then you start creating things that you want to make because you want to sell them, but not because you actually like making them. And then you get in this trap where like you're selling them on Etsy or something like things that you don't like and taking orders. And you're, you know, it's a whole thing. You you can't just have hobbies. You have to monetize everything. And I think that's an issue too for a separate episode. I do want to touch on that though, that it's okay if sometimes if it's just a hobby, but if you are, of course, trying to make something bigger on it, then you do need to start making money and you need to start taking action. So me saying that don't quit your day job, that is not, I'm not like giving you an excuse to just play it safe for like years and years and years and kind of like tweak your website and mess around for months and just kind of be like, yeah, I'm working on this project. It's like that novel that, you know, a friend's been like, yeah, I'm working on this novel, but they've been like working on it for like six years and they've written like 10 pages. Like, I'm not talking about that. I'm like, no, you're writing the novel but you're writing it every day for like, like the 40 minutes I was talking about, like before you have to like take care of your kids type of thing. Like you're writing every single, like Maya Angelou did this. Like she had a million different jobs and she would like check into a hotel every day when her kids were older, she would check into a hotel and like write pages. And then she had a million jobs. She never like quit her job until like the end of stuff. And that was like later in life that she was a writer. Like she had a million different, right. Um, different jobs. Her story is actually really inspiring and I learned about it on more than amused podcasts. I think you should check it out. My friend is the, I guess, founder and co-host of it with her friend, Stani. My friend is Sadie Anderson. Anyways, I loved her story, Maya Angelou, because it was so inspiring because it's so, she, she goes against the go all in to create things. Like she's a huge writer. Like she's gotten so many awards. Like she met Oprah and like Oprah said she was an inspiration to her. Like that's crazy. Oprah said that she, my Angelina was an inspiration to Oprah. Like imagine someone like Oprah saying that to you. Right. And she, she liked writing for example, but she was like a singer before that. And she did all these other things to like dabble stuff, to try it, see what she liked. And all the stuff played into the thing that she eventually did, which was writing and then speaking on those writings. And she just set aside time every day and would like write when her kids were in the house, like she would just do it and she never quit her day job. And so again, my point is like, if you absolutely hate your job and you cannot do it, and I I don't know, you have like the financial support, like I did, like my husband, like go for it, right? Go for it. But like, you know, if you maybe can't quit working nine to five permanently, like quit that job, get another job, line the other job up first. It's not any less cool of a story. You're not any less taken seriously. If anything, it's kind of more inspiring because you had more things going on. So maybe you didn't take as big of a risk of like jumping and like maybe like mortgaging your house 50 times, but you had a lot more going on. And so to still be able to persevere through that, make the time, it's almost more inspiring, right? Like I'm more inspired, honestly, by Maya Angelou's story than I would have been by Elon Musk because he was like a single, pretty eccentric guy, right? Like he's a billionaire, right? So that he did really well, but it's not any less inspiring. Like Maya Angelou raising, raising kid and like doing all this stuff in her spare time, quote unquote, right? Like it's not any less serious. I don't take her any less seriously. It's not any less cool of a story, you know? 
If you have a full-time job to support you while you build the life you want, using that as a support, you will be less stressed financially. You'll be more able to focus on the things in your business and that you're trying to build more intentionally because you have to. You have to make use of your time better. You have to, or else it won't get done. And another positive is because you're not stressed about money and you're making money more consistently, you don't have to take jobs that you don't want to do to make money. Like you don't have to become a waitress. You don't have to go become a barista. You don't have to go on these freelancer sites and like trade hourly lower wage than you would have at your full-time job. Like you don't have to do that. You just focus on the thing that you're good at that you can make decent money at in your full-time job so you can support what you want to do in your business and take that money and put it towards things that you actually want to put it towards. And if that's taking a vacation, like every once in a while, go take the vacation. But it also means that you don't have to spend like hours upon hours on a Saturday learning how to like edit some small part of your website. You can just go to those freelancer sites and pay somebody for an hour or two who's an expert on how to do it, like how I was a freelancer on these websites. You could have paid me to do what took you five hours to do. What took me an hour to do, you, you would have spent six hours on a Saturday doing. You can now pay that person on a freelancer site to do the job. You don't have to learn the skill. So you can focus on what you actually are good at and what you actually want to do. You know, it's, you can outsource this. You can take that money and help someone else with that money, right? So you can kind of think of it that way as well. And that's what kind of pushed me too is like, oh, I don't have to worry about taking lots of clients at a certain hourly rate with bare minimum babe that I don't want to, because that's just kind of trading the same thing. I don't want to do that. I want to take more high paying clients. Therefore, I might have less of them and have to do more long-term time stuff. And that will take more time. Okay. How do I feel less stressed about that? Oh, okay. I can get a nine to five. Instead of taking on a million different clients for a lower amount because I'm stressed about it, I can do, you, you just think about it then differently. Think about like what you actually like to do. What can you offload? If you are feeling like you want to go full-time into the business you're building and you can go for it, right? Go for it, go for it. But what, if you are wanting to go for it because you hate your job and you're just wanting to go as quickly as possible, I would say pause, you know, and reevaluate why. And if maybe you just have an idealized version of what it will be like, it could be like, if you didn't have that full-time job, oh, I could do all this if I just had the time. That might not be true. You know, it might not be true. And so why make it harder than it needs to be? Maybe just to make a more concerted effort of the time that you do have. So are you idealizing what it could be like if you had more time and romanticizing these ideas of success that you've heard from like these big name people of the things that they've done to make it work? And you've bought into the idea of like burn the ships because that's how you're going to make it work. Because there's tons of stories that tell the exact opposite. So I'm just saying maybe reevaluate it because I also got a lot of like statements like when I was full-time as a musician the last two years of me telling someone like, yeah, I'm a full-time musician and then being like, oh, wow, that's awesome because I'm doing it full-time. But they had no idea that I was actually miserable and like hustling for so little money I, it was just, I, now thinking about it, it's just like, even in the moment, I would find it kind of odd because I wasn't, I didn't find it cool, but they had it in their version of like, oh, she's going for it. She's taking it seriously. I'm, I have to take her more seriously than if someone were doing it on the side, but that's kind of stupid because I was, I was actually more unhappy because I was super stressed about money and doing lots of things within the music industry that I didn't like to do to make money. But because I was making money in that industry, people thought I was a quote success. 
you know, it, it was just, it was just weird, I guess is what I'm saying. And so people have this idealized version, even outside of you of what that means. And so I was taken more seriously in a way because I was full-time, even though I was making drastically less money than I was full than I was when I was working full-time. And so I just want to kind of caution that I think you should keep your day job unless you can replace your income or have like something steady coming through or, you know, some capacity to keep going that you don't have to take a drastic income, you know, downgrade and then have to do lots of other things that you don't want to do in order to sustain yourself. Right. There's lots of things to consider here, but I just don't, I just want to kind of kill that romanticized idea of what it means to go all in because it might not actually be the right decision for you. I know it wasn't the necessarily right decision for me. Thank you for having me in your ears for another episode of Fair Minimum Babe. I really hope that this episode was helpful for you. If you do have a nine to five typical corporate job, whatever it is, I've talked to so many other women and like reaching out for podcast guests and like just generally kind of connect with people that they also have the like typical jobs and they're trying to build something on the side or just getting started or whatever, because that's what you have to do. And like a lot of these women have kids and they have husbands. They can't just like quit you know, and I don't take them any less seriously than someone who's doing it full time, like living off of a couch. And I don't think anyone else should either, because that's just, that's just not true. You know, the idealist version of quitting your job and going all in on the thing you're creating is just, I think a select few, quite honestly. And I don't think there's enough stories being told of people not quitting their day job and and building things on the side and then getting to a point that they're able to go full time into it because they were able to reinvest the income and their time from their full-time job into the side hustle. They didn't have to hustle as hard to get the resources for the, for the side business. They were already make, they were their own investors. You know what I mean? And so I hope this episode was helpful for you. If you're still at a corporate job, or maybe you're thinking about going back because it took me a minute to think like, it doesn't mean I I'm giving up. If I go back to nine to five, there was so much mental stuff going around with that and so much anxiety and like, I don't want to say shame, But like, what will people think? You know, will they think I'm less cool, less serious, whatever. And I'm here to tell you, like, if they do, whatever, you know, not, you can't control what they think, right? So thank you again for listening to this episode. I hope it was helpful. If it was, please share it with a friend. And as always, please give it five stars. I'd really appreciate it. And I also wanted to again, talk about the workbook I created called Kill the Hustle. You're marketing your business all wrong. You can grab that in the episode show notes. I think that'll be really helpful for you. You know what? I know that'll be helpful for you if you feel like you're wasting your time or like, how, why am I spending two hours doing this? Or like, none of my things are getting likes. And I don't know if should I have a workshop or whatever, or like all these things of fi- finding your strengths in marketing. Like, what are you actually good at? Like what gives you the best ROI in your business in terms of like actual money, like financial ROI and then energetic ROI, because maybe you're doing a lot of something and it's energetically draining. And maybe you need to think about how to use your strengths a little better and how to lean into those more. So if you grab that kill the hustle workbook and strategy guide, it'll teach you how to lean into your unique selling point, align your strengths with your marketing strategy, and it'll help you be able to cut out the time and energy suck activities that you currently spend your time and energy on and help you feel more confident and excited about the marketing plans and executing them and getting them into the world to your ideal customer in a consistent way. So that link is in the episode show notes. And it is on bareminimumbabe.com slash kill dash the 
hustle-workbook, again, episode show notes. And I will be in your ears for another episode of Bare Minimum Babe next week. Have a lovely day. Bye.